a lot of it is convincing the owner that their cat is in pain and educating them on how bad pain is, all of the negative effects of pain. So they need to understand that it's not just ouch, I hurt. No, it's causing health, welfare, behavior changes. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Natalie Marks, and we're here with the Perfect Your Practice podcast. Joining me today is Dr. Tammy Grubb. She's a boarded veterinary anesthesiologist and also president-elect of the International Veterinary Academy of Pain Management. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is a really exciting endeavor. Well, we're very excited for you to be here because one of the aspects of giving cats the best quality of life really is that identification and proper management and treatment of pain. And I think we've been kind of joking about this when we were chatting earlier. Um, Nobody really is a cat expert, right? Especially in the area of pain. And I think even yourself as a international pain expert, you've had a really interesting story in your own cat family. That is absolutely true. And you know, no matter what your specialty is, but I agree with you, I think especially pain, when you think you're an expert, ask a cat (laughs) and you will be proven not to be an expert. So there are some really great resources out there for cat owners to understand what the impact of pain is on their cat because we don't see pain, we see the impact of pain. So mobility and behavior changes. And there are some mobility animations that are open access through Zoetis And it was using those animations that made me realize I was missing pain in one of my own cats. We have a dining room table that's really the cat hangout. It's not really a dining room table, but it's wood. And the cats like to jump up there and get in the sun. And I noticed that one of the corners was getting scratched. And I thought somebody had really long back toenails and was jumping off and gouging the table. And I went around and looked and see who had long toenails. Nobody did couldn't figure it out and then I saw the animations and in the animations is a cat with painful joints that's trying to jump up on the table not jump off jump up on and just gets to the corner and then claws his way up and that is one of my cats and he's he's primarily nocturnal and he's really an introvert so I don't see him very often but as soon as I realized what it was I knew it was him and now that he's treated guess what he can jump on the table so I missed it completely missed it so we need to give ourselves a little breathing room, a little grace, and understand that this is a work in progress for everyone. And, you know, from somebody who's just starting to work in feline medicine all the way up to our pain experts that we go to for guidance and and certainly all of the wonderful tips we're going to share with you on this podcast. But I think one of the first things we need to talk about is how do we let our clients understand what to even ask us, right? How, how do we give them some guidance of what to look for at home? Because as we've talked about, if we just ask the question when they come in, is your cat in pain? Most of our clients are either going to say, I don't know, or a firm no, right? And as we talked about, that door is closed. We can't bring that up really at that exam, at least, maybe later in that cat's journey. But what are some things that we can be giving our our pet parents to do at home before they come to see us so they know what to ask and they know when to come in? That is such a great question. And that really is the crux of all of this. Everything that we talk about, about identifying pain and treating pain and all the drugs that we can use or non-pharmacologic therapies, it doesn't matter if we don't see the cat. If those cats are not coming into the clinic, it doesn't matter what we've got in our toolbox. And they're not going to come in the clinic unless the owner understands. And so that really is the bottom line. We have got to educate owners if we want to see these painful cats. And we do want to see these painful cats. And I'm going to say what most veterinarians would gasp about, and I would at first until I explain it, and that is send them to the Internet. 
like gas because they always come in with pages of stuff on their phone of what Dr. Google said their cat has. It's our job. We know they're going. It's our job to drive them to the right sites, the sites with the information that will help them. So, for instance, AAFP websites, the Zoetis New Science of OA Pain websites, because on those websites are descriptions of what pain causes the pet to exhibit. We don't see pain. We see the effect of pain, right? So the mobility changes, the behavior changes. So I encourage all veterinarians to use those resources, Look and, and see what they're describing as far as mobility and behavior changes. And then drive the owners to those websites. Put it on your Facebook page, a link, or your, your clinic web, and web page, or whatever you have. Wherever you meet clients in social media, put that information on there so that they know ahead of time that their pet might have pain or cat might have pain. But unless they see it, we won't see them. That's right. So if those clients are coming in, which we hope they are, what can we do to change our history taking to really be more focused on pain? Because I think we are so busy. Yes. <laughs> you know, there's, we're short-staffed. We have more than an abundance of patients coming through the door. I think all of us would love to spend an hour per client. We know that's not going to happen in most cases. So we really only have a very small amount of time to find out some of that really important information we want from home. What are two easy open-ended questions that we can ask our clients that give us a bit more than the yes or no? That's a, a great question because that is the important thing. You know, we're asking questions about other organ systems. Is your cat still eating the same? Is your cat using the litter box the same? Right? So let's ask about pain as a, not really an organ system, but certainly something that we need to be discovering. And instead of is your cat in pain or not, asking things about, again, what pain causes the pet to exhibit. So asking, has there been any change in your cat's mobility? And you might have to say, for instance, did it used to like to jump up on a table or a windowsill or something like that? Does it still do that? I've asked that so many times and had this same answer a number of times. You know, Doc, my 18-year-old cat finally learned not to jump up on the table. No, your cat is painful. So asking a, a mobility question and then also a behavior question, and a very important behavior question is, does your cat still interact with the family the way it always has? So trying to get, is the cat hiding or is it becoming uh, grumpy or, that's not a very scientific word, but it fits cats. And then I'm just going to throw a third one in there. Grooming, too, is very important. Asking about if there's been a change in grooming, especially when you can see that in the exam and see that, that maybe the cat's matted and maybe it just can't move around good enough to, to groom in those hard-to-get places. And you brought up a really great point from home that cats really spend most of their time with vertical movement in a perfect world when they feel great. But when they come in to see us for an exam, nine out of 10 senior cats that I see are sitting in a carrier in their owner's lap or um, on a bed on a warm towel, but they're really not doing or feeling like or relaxed enough sometimes to do any of that mobility, even if they felt good enough to do it. So when we have that exam, what are some tips we can ask the client ahead of time or even after the fact to send to us to really get more of a sense of what their gait is like and their at home kind of in their element mobility? 
That is so important because you're right. We are not going to see in the clinic, especially cats, we're not going to see what they're doing at home. And the owners don't know how to recognize it yet. So back to the questionnaires, getting them to ask, getting them to see at home that, oh, yeah, my cat isn't jumping. It's not uh, eating as well. The animations, too, that we've talked about, a great resource to, to see the mobility. And then my very, very favorite is to have the owners video their cats at home. They need to be instructed on what video to take, so we need them taking the video as the cat is being mobile, so walking, jumping, rolling, playing, whatever that cat does, even just eating the way its stance, how it's eating. So anything that's requiring body movement, that's the kind of video that we need. We'll never see that in the vet clinic, not with the cat, not even the most friendly cat. So having the owners take that video at home, and then when we can slow it, down, put it in slow motion and show the owner, do you see that your cat is not walking normally? That's very helpful too. And most of the just plain old cell phone videos can do that. So that is my favorite tool because to me that's even better than the checklist and all that because I can see that cat. So video and honestly, it would be great if that was part of the standard cat annual exam, especially for seniors, is a video that comes in with the cat so that you can watch it there in the exam room. And it just makes a ton of difference in how we can diagnose pain. I love that tip. And even if our pet parents are videoing earlier in life, so then they can see the change later on with our seniors. It's such a great tip. You know, there's, I think one thing that has helped me be successful as a practice owner is really having the entire hospital aligned when we're trying to educate clients so that no matter who they talk to in any department, in any role in the hospital, everybody is giving the same message. So for this, we're all about practicality. What are three tips that you can give to the practices participating here that they can implement pretty easily to really elevate their care of felines, specifically in the area of either pain awareness or pain management? A great question, and we can kind of summarize our whole talk, I think, in these these three points, because we're not seeing the cats. That's the bottom line. So getting the cats in really is our first step. And so my top, my top tool would be those good websites, those websites with valid scientific information so that the owners can see at home, hey, my cat is doing this. I'd better go to the veterinarian. So we need to drive the owners to good websites. And then having them bring the video really makes a world of difference in us recognizing the pain. And then treating, a lot of it is convincing the owner also that their cat is in pain and, and educating them on how bad pain is, all of the negative effects of pain. So they need to understand that it's not just ouch, I hurt. No, it's causing health, welfare, behavior changes. And we need to get owners to treat. And sometimes that takes being a little bit sneaky and saying, let's just try one dose of this medication with your cat, or, or three doses, whatever, and let's see if it makes a difference. And if it makes a difference, let's make a, a, a treatment plan then. So that's my third sneaky tip. Anything you're looking forward to in the future? Oh, I'm so excited. There is a new drug for cats coming, and I cannot wait. It's called an anti-nerve growth factor monoclonal antibody. With monoclonal antibodies, if you compare them to traditional pharmaceuticals, there's a lot of benefits, like long duration. Well, we can't wait. And we are so thankful you joined us on this podcast. So many great tips about recognizing pain, how to educate our clients, and get the whole hospital on board with those three very practical steps. Dr. Tammy Grubb, thank you so much. Thanks, Dr. Marks. 
I'm Dr. Natalie Marks. Thanks again for listening to the Perfect Your Practice podcast sponsored by Zoetis and powered by AAFP. We'll see you next time. Thank you.